somebody it was in a larger meeting and someone said that catholic social teaching is the best kept secret of the catholic church and i thought to myself right. what's catholic social teaching Hi, and welcome to another episode of Reclaiming Social Justice. My name is Danny, and I'm the host. Um, now that I've shared with you a little bit about me and, and my background, I want to jump into the topic of this first season, which is Catholic social teaching. I know for many of you, even if you're, if you're Catholic or if you don't identify as Catholic or religious at all, this phrase might be new to you. And so to unpack that, I invited my friend, Matt Cato, who is the director of the Office of Life, Justice, and Peace for the Archdiocese of Portland, where he represents Archbishop Sample on matters of Catholic social teaching. And in this episode, he lists the seven themes of Catholic social teaching. And um, we also talk about how to apply these principles, especially in Catholic communities and youth specifically. So tune in and let me know what you think. If you could just kind of uh, retell that that story that you told when we first got on the call, I, I I thought that was a perfect kind of launching point in terms of you know hearing from you um, where when you got introduced to Catholic social teaching. So I got introduced to Catholic social teaching. Well, I got introduced first to Catholic to social justice when my wife and I started at our parish, a brand new parish, and very first mass, and they had a little ministry fair for some of the core uh, functions, and one of them was the social justice ministry, and we immediately signed up for it, and the lady taking the name said, now, would you two like to be the co-chairs of this? They were like, uh, sure, <laughs> Great. which is like, it's a lesson for folks. You're not going to get people to sign, to lead and by through email or or a bulletin announcement you got to ask them directly so right in the ministry social justice ministry and we had lunch with the, the pastor to ask him about what his vision was and one of my probably my first question was why are you calling it social justice ministry there's a neighboring parish that they had a ministry they called social concerns and, and that just resonated with me well, I got the definition, the explanation of what social justice is. Uh, so it's mm -hmm. just, anyway, and then about uh, two years later, somebody it was in a larger meeting and someone said that Catholic social teaching is the best kept secret of the Catholic Church. And I thought to myself, right. what's Catholic social teaching? So I had to go you know, home and look it up and and. Four years later, this is my that was my job, and I've been doing this for ten and a half years now. So, so what is Catholic social teaching? What when you started into this journey, what were some of like the main concepts that you were encountering? First of all, when I started Catholic, when I started this work, and I got to know what Catholic social teaching was, it was more about I was able to list the seven themes of Catholic social teaching. Mm. Then I had to learn how to apply those that right that was the learning curve the formation piece though is understanding why we have catholic social teaching in the first place everything ba is based in scripture our catholic social tradition has been around for millennia it comes from mm -hmm. the jewish prophets and jesus 
never deviated from that and lived that. That we should exemplify that by his life. Catholic social teaching officially began in 1891 with the first of the papal social encyclicals, Rerum Novarum. And that is a, it's the application of Catholic social doctrine or our principles to the current facts. Here's an analogy. Our constitution is was written 230, 40 years ago, and it contains its our principles as a country. Those have not changed. It's the application to the facts that change. When the Constitution right. was written, we didn't have um, semi-automatic weapons. We didn't have e-commerce, right? So there's a whole lot of, we didn't consider blacks as equal to, to whites. We didn't consider women equal to men. Okay, so the application, the, the application of the our, the principles evolved over time when there's new facts or new insights. Same with Catholic mm -hmm. social teaching. Okay, the principles are still there in our Catholic faith. We you know we understand we have a doctrine and everything stems from what we've learned in in Scripture. Talked about the principles and and what about the the um, the seven? Can you walk us through briefly each of those? Sure. Respect for life and dignity of the human person is the, the, the first one. Respecting life is the foundational principle of, of everything that we talk about in church. And the principle of human dignity is that every person is precious and people are more important than things. Every, the measure of every institution is whether or not it, it upholds the dignity of the human person. So when we look at laws, when we look at corporations, we look at cultures, okay, are they are they working to achieve human dignity and give people more and more dignity? Not just give them, but allowing it to flourish. So it's, mm. it's not enough just to be born and be alive. We need to have a life that means something, that, I mean, we're all gifts from God. And so right. we need to use these gifts in the glory of God. I mean, so other folks can't do what they want to, to limit this gift from flourishing in others. Next are rights and responsibilities that if we're going to achieve this, the rights of human persons to live and to live dignified lives and to flourish if they so choose, because there is free will, um, they have, they have certain rights. There's the basic rights to food and to education and to work and to shelter and to clothing. And there's also the rights to uh, emigrate if you need to to find work and to support, to support your yeah. family. There's a right, right to freedom of conscience. There's a right to practicing one's religion. There's a right to practicing one's religion in public. There's a right a right to um, to not to not be discriminated against. Those who are in position have a responsibility to make sure that people achieve these rights. Um, if I'm a parent, I have a responsibility to make sure that my child receives certain rights. Um, later on in life, you know, it's whatever you're able to do. 
you are called to be, we are all called to be citizens of this world and participate in public life. To participate in politics is part of our section in the catechism, right? Mm -hmm. so we have a responsibility to vote. And we vote not just on our self-interest, we vote on what do we, how are we going to make sure that the rights of everyone are best recognized? We, we have a responsibility to pay taxes because that's how yes. we fund a responsible society, functioning society, which is social, which is not just for me, but it's for all of us. Third is the um, family, community, and participation. So the family is the first primary social group, the social organization. It's not the individual, of course, it's it's the family. And then you start to to move up and you've got your your neighborhoods, your communities, you've got your church, you've got your unions, you know, you've got your community organi organizations, whatever it is. You have the United Nations, that is a, a group, and it has its purpose, its place in this world. But the primary function, the first group is the family. And whatever we can do to make sure that families succeed and flourish, then that is a primary objective. And we already yeah. talked about the common good or community and participation. We have a right to participate in society. We are of this world. And so we have every person has a right to participate in the economic and political and cultural life of society, a right to vote. Now, I don't have a right to go to the United Nations and draft policy. Okay, that's out of that's right. But I do have certain rights. I don't have a, a right to draft economic policy for our country, but I do have a right to have my opinions and to influence what I think are the more proper economic and political uh, laws or policies of our country. For example, the dignity of work and the rights of workers. That's the, the first encyclical was about those, that topic, the dignity of work and the rights of workers. And it's fundamental to the core of our Catholic faith. Um, that people, we don't live to work, we work to live. We work to to provide for ourselves and for our, our family. Um, and work cannot be just a, uh, a drudgery that where we lose our soul, where mm. we don't have vacation time, we don't have time off for for worship which in the catholic church is you know sundays usually or you right. know, saturday saturday after evenings right there needs there there's a right i mean there's a dignity in in work that we need to real that people need to realize uh, there's also the the rights of workers the right to a just way to support your family um yes yeah, the, the, the right to leisure um to vacation time to the day off, the right to um, to unionize, so that you can, with others, then collectively bargain for your rights. Solidarity is another theme and of, of Catholic social teaching that we're one human family, no matter what our race is, uh, our economic or ideological backgrounds, no matter what baseball team you root for. Okay, we're still one human family. I mean. When Cain asked God, what am I, you know, rhetorically, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, we are. We are our brothers and sisters keepers. And it doesn't matter if we've never met them. 
after another part of the world, we're still brothers and sisters, and we just need to think that way. This is solidarity. Option for the poor and vulnerable. That is the primary focus of where our attention needs to, to, to go. Uh, the Last Judgment talks about putting the needs of the poor and the vulnerable first. And the, the vulnerable, I mean, we talk about the, in scripture, widows, orphans, and the aliens, okay? And Jesus is very clear about that. Uh, people have expanded or, yeah, I would say expanded or sort of nuanced the definition to, well, it also means spiritually poor. And, mm. or, I can't think what else, a vulnerable, but it, that's not the case. I mean, it was really for those who don't have what they need to, to live on, that they live below the federal poverty level, way too low so that they can't afford housing. Um, they're discriminated against, prevented from voting when they should be able to, to vote. So they're, they're prevented from participating in society. I mean, those are vulnerable people. I mean, poor people deserve our attention first. I, if you've got two children, and it's not that we don't care about others. I mean, it's like Archbishop Flasley, Archbishop Emeritus Flasley said, and I love this one, he said, just as during the Occupy move, movement, he goes, the Catholic Church, they're not against the 1%. They're for the bottom 25%. We should remember that. It's like if you've got a, two children and one has, you know, cerebral palsy and the other one is just completely physically and mentally and developmentally healthy. Well, you don't love one more than the other. You love them the same. But the child with the cerebral palsy needs more attention. Mm. That person can't can I make, succeed on can their I, own. Yeah, sorry, Matt. Um, but like what you're saying right now really, uh, it resonates with me and it reminds me of, um, when there was this, uh, well, it's still ongoing, but when, um, we saw visibly in the media, this conflict between, um, law enforcement and the black community, for example, and this whole movement, um, sparked about black lives matter. And a lot of people, sometimes conservative people would take issue to that because you know their their counter argument would be all lives matter and that to me seems like a secular example of what you're talking about here right like when we prioritize the poor and vulnerable it's not saying we don't care about all other people we're just saying we're we're, we're for this particular group because they're disadvantaged exactly is that would you would you say that's a that's a a good parallel or was that different situations? No, I think that's exactly correct. And I actually was thinking about that yesterday. I'm not kidding. I was probably wow, okay. writing uh, some notes for something. I was actually thinking about that. That that's, that's, is what Black Lives Matter is. It's not saying that mm. white lives don't matter. No, all lives matter. It's just that we're not paying proper attention to black lives. We're still seeing, you know, yes. sure, we don't have slavery and we don't have Jim Crow right. laws, but we still see the effects on. Of, of slavery and racial discrimination this day. Yes. And it's been 300 years just in this country alone that we haven't had slavery, but it's like, or actually not even that long, 150 years. But 
it's it's still we see the effects in our prison systems and and the redlining and in housing and uh, neighborhood yes. it's it just goes on and on and on. The seventh theme of Catholic social teaching is care for God's creation, and this is the good one uh, for me to give an example of my own conversion. I grew up an environmentalist. Not until I got into this work first in the parish and then in, in the, for the archdiocese that I realized that care for God's creation is not just being an environmentalist. It's essential to my faith as the other principles or themes are essential to my faith. That it's not just, wow, we're really polluting but like, what are we leaving for future generations? And we have an obligation to leave for future generations, to leave what we have and make it better for future generations. Um, God gave us this world and all this, these fauna and flora and, and fowl and, and animals. And he, he gave us this. Um, uh, he, God's not he or she, but I mean, God gave us all this and this is a gift from us, just like life is a gift from God. We have no right to desecrate life. We have no right to desecrate uh, creation. So those are the, the seven Catholic social teaching principles. Uh, but for the sake of our conversation, can you just maybe in your experience working at the Archdiocese of Portland, um, and with the different parishes, parishes in, in the archdiocese, what in your experience is the biggest kind of misunderstanding that Catholics specifically have against social doctrine? Look, most people don't know these exist. I, I couldn't argue that they have a misconception. They probably never even heard of it. And, I, mm. and I've been doing this work for 10 years and I'm still, I bet, 95% of parishioners in the Archdiocese of Portland still haven't heard this, the phrase Catholic social teaching. Or mm. maybe they've heard it, but they don't know what the themes are. What's your sense about why? We One of my the earlier parishes, there was no peace and justice, life justice and peace, social justice ministry, whatever you want to call it. So there was no information from the pulpit um, not from the, during announcements or in the bulletin. So, okay, that was an opportunity. Uh, you could scour the internet, but what are you looking for? Why would you want to go to someplace and search for information unless you know that you want to search for some information about something? Exactly. Uh, and fourth is the Catholic Sentinel. And in the past, so it's been like five years now or longer, the Sentinel is is free. It's in all parishes, and so everyone it's copies are free before you had to subscribe to it, and uh, we just never subscribed to it. So I don't know that I ever saw the Catholic Sentinel, but now the Catholic Sentinel they'll talk about Catholic social teaching, of uh, the different columns and uh, stories of what's happening uh, throughout the archdiocese, what the office is working on or the U S bishops have talked about or Pope Francis. And, and so that's another part. I mean, so, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I think folks aren't aware of it. I want to talk about youth and, and young adults. Um, I mean, even though I have a six month old baby now, I still 
identify as a as a young adult. Um, and one of the things that I've heard, um, like for example, um, Bishop Robert Barron from Los Angeles say is that one of the um, one of the best ways to connect and activate youth and young adults is through social justice. Um, but in my experience, like I don't see that. You know, I, I don't see young Catholic um, people on the streets protesting, demonstrating, advocating for these different um, issues. Um, you know, they tend to be older people, and part of that might be because you know time um, is is probably one thing. But like, I, I wanted to maybe ask ask you about that. Like, what? Why is it in that um, we don't see more youth, or, or what can we do to connect in particular with youth and young adults about social justice? One, you have to have either righteous anger and or hope that you can make, or you and your comrades, community, you know, fellow students can make a difference. So if you don't have hope, and if you're not really angry about something, then you're not gonna get involved. Um, if you live an isolated life, you might not know that, boy, what's wrong with this um, mm. community, this country, whatever it is. Uh, if you are so busy, you go to school, you study, you've got practice afterward, or you have to, you know, and or you have a part-time job so you can have a little bit of spending money or you're saving for your clothes and books for school and college or whatever. Um, you don't have time to get involved. I mean, there's, there's a number of reasons. Or you grew up in a culture where your family doesn't talk about this and it doesn't get involved. And so from a number of possible reasons, we see that youth aren't, aren't motivated. I, I don't say motivated, they're not mobilized first mobilized, mm -hmm. then organized, or they're not taking it upon themselves to do something. But we look at the Parkland gun shootings, right? Right, that's that's what I was just gonna say. So now there was righteous anger, and they refused to to say, um, if, if they had been isolated before, they weren't any longer. And they refused to say, this can't be done. You know, the, the, they, they had hope that they can continue to change to do whatever they can do to change society for the better it can take a long time we're, you know we're not we're not going to save the world you know today tomorrow it's, it right. takes a long time so, so you just have to you can't you just can't give up um there's mm -hmm. an awful lot of youth young adults who are upset about uh, climate change mm -hmm. and see so they're trying to do something, whatever they can do in their different communities, different states. You know, there was in Oregon, there was the lawsuit that this, um, that youth brought up against the U.S. government because like, this is our, our, our future and you're not doing anything to protect our, the environment. Uh, so that was one approach. There's been an awful lot of schools have walked out for an hour or two to protest right. inaction on climate change. Um, yeah, and like that examples like those that you just put out, like the the Parkland students, the recent climate change movement um, that's being led by youth. Like, so and and from my like perspective, I do see youth 
that are more mobilized and activated than ever. Um, but like I said, my what I don't see, which is what really like it breaks my heart, is I don't see it coming from the pews or like people that identify um, unabashedly as as Catholics or as Christians. Um, in fact, I was just talking to somebody else that works at a parish and just kind of reflecting on how many many youth who are involved and are activated in these in these issues um, are hesitant to you know. Um, identify religiously because of a number of societal stereotypes and, and biases that they have against religious people and Catholics in particular. Um, I don't know what, what your take on that is. So a number, number of, of points you just made I want to address. One, mobilizing is not organizing or activating. Organizing is, is the hard work to get to find common ground and with, with people and to affect change that are with the, the the structures of power that that are currently obstacles to whatever the change that we want to see all right sure. that's the, that organizing takes a long long time mobilizing is just oh okay i'm gonna that's tomorrow okay i'm gonna make a sign i'll register and i'm gonna go down and and do this for a couple hours and then i'll go back home Sure. See, that's that that's that's the difference. Uh, regarding yeah. faith, if it doesn't come naturally to youth and young adults, you, you've got to sell them on it, if you will. Um, mm. You've got to explain why our faith is is positive, and do disagree with parents who don't take their children or forced your children, if you will, if they have to, to go to mass, you know, if you're living at home until you're 18 or whatever, you go to mass. I mean, you go to the dentist if you like it or not. Uh, because, and if you've got a, if the environment there is just not reaching y'all, then go find another parish. There's nothing wrong with finding another parish, but um, see, because we want to give the, the youth the we want to empower them to be able to profess why their faith is. We got problems with our country. I grew up in, through Watergate. You know, our country's always had a lot of problems. I've never once thought about resigning my citizenship and leaving. Mm -hmm. See, same with the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's got its problems, and we see it resurface over, you know, or different issues focus here, or resurface here and there. I never once thought about leaving it. I'm going to work and make it a better place. We just needed to sell that to the youth and young adult that don't don't quit and this is you're not again you're not going to leave america so don't and because you love your country you know so love your church and stay here and fight for it by the way we're the ones that offer the eucharist which is you know the body and blood of christ and that's an important hugely that's a central core to our faith and to the mass mm. We got to believe that. So you just have to believe what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful faith it is. And then yes. learn about yes. Catholic social teaching and go, oh, all right, this is part. So a, a friend of mine, I was asking how I could help at, at um, their high school because the youth were, someone said climate change was the banner for this generation. 
And mm -hmm. so I asked, can I help in any way uh, with this with, with this movement or the organizing or helping the mobile, whatever it is? And the response was, well, I think they pretty much got it figured out. But I, it occurred to me a little later, though, that, yeah, but do they know that care for God's creation is part of our faith? And so if they're doing this work because climate change is going to wipe out humanity, tons of humanity, and, and the gifts from God, do they understand that these are gifts from God and this is part of our faith? That's important because it, at some point, I mean, there are times where I look out and I or I, I'm reading the paper, and so, so and I'm like, how are we ever going to address and reverse the effects of climate change? I mean, how, how are we going to put a halt? Yeah, you know, I can. You can get despondent at times. Mm -hmm. Not just climate change. There's a whole lot of issues that. Uh, right. It's like, wow. Well, when do we get to the point where, you know. Abortion is just, oh, this is what I'm going to do Tuesday, you know, and that's that. You know, it's like it goes on and on. It's like, and you can get so defeated at times, and you have to just go back to the mm -hmm. faith and go, we've got to keep keep working on it because this is what we've ca called to do is, is Catholics and Christians and Judeo-Christian ethics. You know, that's, that's our foundation. Mm -hmm. Right, because, I mean, Scripture says that what is impossible for man is is possible always possible through god oh yeah um, and and that to that to me is why it is so important to start promoting um catholic social justice because we have to if, if we don't look at um these issues through a faith lens like like to your point we're gonna we're gonna get burnt out you know and that's how movements they they fizzle and die out um um you know in my opinion because they're not grounded in faith in in, in a sense of hope right that um things will be all right and even if we might not be around to see them um we know that god will will kind of reveal that to us um when we when we meet him um and then to me i like what also comes to mind like when you think about the issue of climate change or any issue right like at the end of the day like i, I mean correct me if i'm wrong matt like but to me it seems that like at the root of all these issues right is is something kind of more than what we can see or something that's beyond this material world um and and if, if we kind of overlook that or ignore that spiritual um dimension right uh, uh, and how it's influencing all these issues right we're really never actually addressing the root issue right like you can pass all the laws you want to protect and and, and reverse the effects of climate change but if you don't change people's hearts right and and um pride right and arrogance is a sense of like dominating people and and things and 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 kind of having that inequity like ne never things will never truly change agreed completely agree so to wrap up um i, I think i mentioned it to you but i'm calling this podcast reclaiming social justice um and it really comes from my own experience being in in non-catholic circles and a lot of people talk about social justice, right? And and I've learned that social justice, that that term, that concept is actually a Catholic one. Um, and so when I say reclaim, it's like I, I want us as Catholics to start owning it and being at the front or at the forefront of any social justice movement. Um, and so this podcast is for is for Catholics and for for non-Catholics. And I think to close, I would um, I wanted to just ask you, what's like one thing? 
um, that, that I can do to um, better promote um, Catholic social justice? And what, what's one thing we can do just as, from like the wider church to promote social justice to Catholics and non-Catholics alike? Folks, first of all, to realize that social justice is part of our Catholic faith, that Pope Benedict said there are three inseparable elements to being Catholic, proclaiming the word of God, celebrating the sacraments, and exercising the ministry of charity. And he called mm. the mature version of charity is the institutional path. So folks need to understand that it's okay to be political. We are called to be political mm. and to to get involved, to challenge the structures that are perpetuating whatever the the sin is. I mean, St. John Paul II termed the phrase structural sins, all right, the sins of our structural systems, the culture, the corporations, the laws, whatever it is. Um, I think that when folks are doing direct service to charity which is necessary you never leave your suffering brother or sister to go off and lobby and organize right that they need to realize that it's more than just feeling good that they've done something helpful but they ask themselves why so if they're feeding the hungry once a week ask themselves why are there so many hungry people? Mm -hmm. If you're praying mm -hmm. outside um, abortion clinic during these 40 days for life vigils, wonderful. Prayer is hugely important and you're providing witness. And then go off and ask yourself, why are men and women choosing or considering abortion as an option? Ask that next question, why? So don't just be content with the, the feel good stuff that you've done, but how can you- right. Why is this happening in, in society? And what can I do to learn more and start to change this for the better? All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of Reclaiming Social Justice. I want to thank Matt for um, being our first guest on this podcast and educating us all on Catholic social teaching and these seven principles for achieving a just society. Um, what I want to do now in future episodes is to start exploring what these principles look like in action. And so um, stay tuned for that. Um, subscribe to this podcast so that um, you'll be informed when new episodes come out and follow me on Facebook or on my website and let me know what you all think of what you're hearing so far. Um, as you know, this podcast is new and I'm always looking for feedback on how I can make it better. All right. So till next time.